when you hear the doors, little backdoor man, I mean, one thing. Badgers associate head coach Mark Strobel joining us. Strobies, good morning, good my morning. friend. How we living? I'm doing fine. I'm doing fine. I'm, I'm, you know, you got to regroup a little bit. I'm over the fact that we had lost uh, in the NCAA tournament, and I have to move forward. And uh, my attitude is now. Uh, the sun is up and, and grateful for what we do have. The sun is up, right? I don't have any windows in here, Strobes. The sun is up, correct? Can yeah, you confirm? It's, well, it's confirmed. It's bright. <laughs> going to be a bright morning there. It's uh, From what I'm seeing on my windows, uh, it is light outside. All right, Strobes, let's just let's just tear the bandit off. I want to talk about – I was singing you guys' praises the other day, by the way, because the season, as you step back and look at it as a whole for Wisconsin hockey, what a success. I mean, it's something you guys haven't done in forever, you know, winning – well, you never won the Big Ten. Winning the Big Ten and then getting to the NCAA tournament. I mean, hell, a hell of a run to in the Big Ten tournament itself. But let's let's just rip the Band-Aid off. Uh, the NCAA tournament, obviously it hurts. As you just said, you're moving on, though, uh, when you lost there or when they lost you guys to Bemidji State. What was it like uh, seeing it all unfold and then afterwards once the final whistle had blown? What was, uh, what was the locker room like and what have you done who have the ultimate motivator, the ultimate speaker? What are you using this as moving forward for Wisconsin? Well, again, uh, first of all, I, I appreciate the kind words. And, and then, again, the reality sets in when you go in as a number one seed and you feel like you got a great draw out there and and we certainly I felt like we had the team to get to the frozen four and that was very disappointing you know I just I didn't feel like we started the game well and and certainly Bemidji was hungry and took took it to us physically I didn't think we really established a four check at all and you know in the end you can't keep relying on your power play to to bail you out and um we, we just didn't play an overall team game that we needed to. And, you know, we fought back at the end, but it was too little too late. And, you know, again, everybody has to take responsibility on that and, and you know, use it as a learning experience yeah. for sure. But yeah. I, I, I definitely think we could have played much grittier and more physical and we needed to get pucks behind, you know, their defensemen and, and, and score goals and make plays off our forecheck. We were trying to make them, uh, you know, on zone entries. And, and Bemidji was just stacking guys, you know, four at the blue and a, and a back checker slash tracker, you know, coming back to hunt the puck and, you know, take your hat off to them. They, they executed a better game plan at the, at the uh, time they needed to. And we just, we didn't pay the price we needed to, in my opinion. And so you learn from it. I was very solid in the locker room for sure. I think a bit of a, a shock and, and then in the understanding that for some guys it's over, you know, your, your yeah. college career is done, you're a senior. Um, but, you know, again, I thank all of them. All our seniors were awesome this year and, and worked their tails off and, and really performed at a level that um, was what we now need to be accustomed to every year is Badger hockey and passing that on to the younger guys that the expectations are winning. It is about championships. It is about giving yourself a chance to get to the Frozen Four. Now, Strobes, we just got a guy jump on Twitch.tv here. Uh, I'm, I'm streaming on there at Ebo Says, and Burnsy says, my favorite day of the week because Strobel is on just to kill a good morning, fellas. So you got the fans out there, Strobel. So I got to ask you, brother. Uh, we were talking about this Saturday because uh, we had a golf event, and we were talking about Saturday, and Burnsy, who's on here now you know, saying good morning to you, he was like, dude, that ice was terrible. It, uh, at Bridgeport, Connecticut. I know you're not making excuses. I'm not making any excuses, but what's the reality of the situation with that ice that they had there in that arena? It wasn't good. It wasn't good. And, again, I, I'm, I'm just going to be truthful with you. It, it seemed very uh, – it was like glue, to be honest with you. And, 
I know Bemidji had to play on it too, but certainly we're a fast team. We got some guys that can can motor, and um, it it just seemed even from the first practice we had there, um, you know, they they really throw down a ton of water. It just it didn't move well. Uh, it seemed scratchy almost, like if, really? if you were to slide on it, uh, you know, it would grab your jersey almost. So <laughs> it, yeah, it just wasn't in the best of condition. But again, like I'm just not a guy that'll sit and use that, yes. you know, the wrong way. You still got to work hard and be physical and, and gain your own ice out there every inch of it by sweating and um you know Bemidji was a better team and 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 again we got to learn from it in the future to prepare where you know it's it's uh it's a one game shot and your season's over and you got to fight to the death for that you know yeah strobes so i was thinking about this yesterday and it was something i was talking about on monday i'm like yeah it's disappointing that wisconsin did lose obviously uh, fr- last friday to bemidji but when you take a step back and you look at the season as a whole and what if you guys have were able to accomplish, it's nothing short of incredible. Strobes, I don't know if you know this, but there's this thing called COVID-19. There's a global pandemic going on, <laughs> and you guys were able to band together and win the Big Ten. And then when you have, uh, obviously, teams like, what was it, Michigan fell off because of COVID, then you had Notre Dame fall off because of COVID, uh, and they couldn't play in the NCAA tournament. Here you guys are for the first time, what, in seven years – amidst a global pandemic, winning the Big Ten, the season you have unfolding, when you take a step back and look at it as a whole, what an accomplishment, what an incredible season, and I look at it as, as a stepping stone. What's next? You're stacking wins. You're stacking success. Um, can you just speak of what the season was as a whole? I know Friday was disappointing, but as a whole, what was the season like for you boys? Well, it was certainly a lot more fun than it had been the last few years, I can tell you that, as a as a person that uh, you know leads young men every day and and our staff I think was certainly um, you know just much more pleased with the effort and the leadership and the bonding of each other and the culture change I mean that was our biggest thing that we really truly worked on in the um, off season with the pandemic and doing a lot of zoom calls is just changing the culture the accountability the expectations and then the execution and certainly um Guys stepped up when they needed to. You know, we had uh, five guys out there for a period of time because of COVID quarantine, because of one positive, and then roommates had to get, you know, shelved as well. So we battled through a lot of adversity. We had two new goaltenders this year, actually three of them with Benny Garrity. And, um, uh, again, uh, yeah, you're right. I mean, you, when you put it in a perspective like that as a coach, you know, and I'm, I'm really hyper-competitive. And I want to win every game. And, and um, when you take the, the step back, it, it is a, a, a season in the right direction that we battled through a ton of adversity, which everybody did. And, you know, you're thankful and grateful. And, but it's, it's definitely something to build on. And all the incoming freshmen now and guys yeah. that are staying, um, it, it has to be that way every year, you know, um, uh, at Wisconsin Hockey, where, where Big Ten titles are the expectation. Uh, playoff titles are the expectation and then you know getting to the tournament to have a chance to win uh you know our seventh national title has to be the expectation so i think we did that and i appreciate all the kind things you said and well strobes it's sorry to interrupt you know i want to win man oh i know dude trust me i know you want to win strobes you're a habitual winner but here's the thing it's it's from last place last season right you guys had you guys had every opportunity to have excuses this year um hell COVID-19 is an excuse for just about everything in this world right now. But you said, we, and you guys, as Wisconsin said, we aren't going to have an excuse. We're going to go out there, and you said it. We're going to change the culture. We're going to make the shift. We're going to get new blood in here, fresh blood. Look, You guys went from last place last year to first place 
in the Big Ten and made it to the NCAA tournament. I just, I got I know, I know it hurts, right? And I know you wanted to win on Friday, but my God, when you stand back and look at it from a, just a longer distance, it is impressive, dude. So Strobes, well on you, dude. You are a hell of a guy. So when it comes to advancing the story forward, then as we're stacking wins, stacking success here, you know, Cole Caulfield is now. Um, Gone to the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, before we talk about moving forward with the Badgers, what was it like to have a guy like Cole Caulfield uh, on that team for the Wisconsin Badgers? Well, I, I loved coaching him every day, and I and he just came with a smile on his face and a great attitude. And you know, he's certainly a gifted player that you know you might not see for a long time to you know to be able to snipe like that. I think you know, I I, I just as a kid, he he came a long way from his freshman year to his sophomore year. And, and credit to him, you know, we challenged him. I know I did many days where uh, he just needed to, to grow up and, and become more of a professional. And his habits were, were just changed in the fact that, uh, you know, he was the first guy on the ice, the last one to leave a lot of days with uh, doing the extra shooting pucks, enjoying the game, getting guys around him better, being positive. And he is the ultimate competitor too. I mean, he wanted to win more than anybody. And you know, uh, him as well as several other guys in that locker room, you know, the, made the culture change. They yeah. bought in, and uh, credit to our leaders. But I wish Cole only the best. He'll always be a Badger, and, um, you know, Montreal is going to get a great player there, and, and he's going to have to learn to adjust to at that level. But, you know, his ability to score goals and adjust to pucks and to put him in spaces uh, where the goalie is not – uh, is pretty amazing. So I feel really blessed that I got to coach him. Yes, Robes. We have uh, we started our own um, analytics department over here. We have like a we have the research department, a t-shirts department, we have a math department now that does analytics. They're still trying to figure out that Cole Caulfield goal against Michigan State. Like <laughs> yeah. they they still are dumbfounded by it. It's crazy. So Strobes, what's next for you then, man? So do you get a little break? Because you know before COVID, you would be you know Barry would be on and Barry would be like, well, Strobes is in a little like single engine you know two person plane over. <laughs> Of, over the the mountains and trees and forests of Canada right now, going to some little lake to watch some guy skate. What's uh, what's next for Strobes? You get a little break, or are you back on the grind? No, right now the uh, dead period is extended uh, as far as recruiting and physically going out and watching players um, until May thirty first. So right now we're doing a lot of um, staff meetings. Uh, we got a player meeting today. I got academic meeting as well, and um, you know we got to kind of put a, a red ribbon here on uh, 2021 season there and then look forward to the spring or I should say the summer really yeah. to see uh, you know what's going to shake out with our lineup for next year and who's coming back and um, again right back into the the culture you know <clears throat> shift of who is going to be our new leaders who's going to be the new captains and and how do we then you know springboard to gaining momentum for the fall and the new season and it never ends, but I think from a recruiting <laughs> standpoint, you know, uh, you're, you're more of a GM now. You know, I yeah. and Tony and myself got to just discuss, you know, um, what, what gaps are we going to fill here and with who and, um, you know, just making sure that I think next year is going to be much more of a score by committee. And, um, you know, it's, it, it will be certainly balanced. You're not going to have a guy get 31 goals and, and the next guy get, uh, you know, 17. It, it'll be more, I think, of a – probably a bit like Duluth and, and St. Cloud where you got 15, 15, 14, 12, and everyone's chipping in. And 
and that could be a great thing as well. Balance. Yeah, Strubs, you keep. Um, I, I gotta ask because you keep talking about the culture change, the culture shift. How 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 did you guys go about changing the culture? Uh, you know, in that locker room, and then obviously winning the Big Ten and going forward. What was the what was the first step for you guys? Was it recruiting the right guys? Yeah, well, not only that, but you know, everyone I believe has the ability to change. You know, if if people are so set in their ways, you know, sometimes you got to look out uh, for that because you got to grow, you got to admit mistakes, you got to uh, apologize, you got to forgive, but you also got to lead and and you got to sit and you know get yourself uh, uncomfortable to be great. And I think we we really studied that. We worked with. Um, a couple guys, um, one out of Chicago in particular, Pierre DeBar, who's a Badger alum and uh, been a longtime friend. And, you know, he, he kind of um, pulled us together as a staff and, and used our leadership group and our captains and, and really focused in on the unselfish part of, you know, what are you going to do to help the group have success and, and, and not worry about where you're individually going next. You know, it's got to be in the moment and, and, um, you know, basically sacrificing, you know, yourself for the jersey. And I, and I think that really came to fruition. We had three keys, hard, humble hockey that we kind of used as, as mantras. And it was a big bullseye. And that bullseye in the middle, you know, basically was our 20 wins and was our, our league championship. And, um, you know, all the words we, we brought from the outside was, you know, the, the family and, and sacrifice and hard work and, and, um, the ability to put your ego in your back pocket. And uh, I, I think you saw that, too. We were very disciplined. We didn't take a ton of dumb penalties like we had the year before. Yeah. Um, guys controlled their emotions with emotional intelligence. Um, you know, we, we weren't cheap. We weren't dirty. Um, we probably drew a lot of five-minute majors. So <laughs> all that stuff was compiled this, uh, this pandemic in the summer. And then we started executing with team meetings. And we, we kept using our, our key words and those mantras as hard, humble hockey. And the guys did a great job, too, of setting goals. We had some real key goals this year, and they hit a lot of them. And, um, you know, one might have been even, you know, uh, let's take three or less penalties in a game. Uh, let's have 25 or more shots in a game. So those small ones you could check boxes after. You know, let's have a top three power play and a top three penalty kill in the Big Ten, which we did. Yeah. And you check those boxes at the end of the year, and it makes sense then why you're – you're, you're the Big Ten champs. Uh, Strobes, I mean, okay, Mark Strobel joining us right now, Badger Associate Head Coach. Strobes, did you ever think, ever, I'm listening to you here, and I'm like, the coach, the coaching, this, the, what you're saying and the, the, the mantra that you have, did you ever think growing up and playing all that hockey that you would be in this position to be the ultimate motivator that you would be? How did you get so good at this coaching thing, man? I'm listening to you, and I'm like in awe of like, I could skate through a freaking wall for you right now, brother. How did you, did you ever well, think I, you'd be in this position? That's very kind of you, man. I, I, again, truthfully, I, I don't, you know, I had some great mentors as a kid uh, growing up, and, and they were my coaches. They were my gym teachers. They were, uh, you know, school teachers, and I, I just, um, I really respected the fact that they could control a group of people and get them to buy in for one common goal, and, um, you know, I took a big leap of faith back in 2015, getting into this business, uh, back into this business, uh, which was always my dream and passion at Ohio State. And then to come back to my alma mater, you know, I'm living my dream every day and, and I'm, I'm passionate about it and I don't take it for granted. But I don't know, there's just something innately within inside me, a burning ember every day to to grow young people through the conduit of hockey and, and school and making sure they better their lives through it. But I love the competition. 
I love the the uh, the combativeness and the physicality of hockey, but I also I love the fact that you can teach life lessons within the sport. You know, responsibility and leaning on somebody more than yourself and having to to use each other. You know, to climb mountains, and you can't just do it with one person in hockey. And um, I don't know. I just feel really fortunate every day I get up, and, and especially being able to work at Wisconsin and and bleed for uh, you know the Cardinal and White every day. I'm I'm a lucky man, but I I think it's been inside me. I'm just now old enough to know who I am and to, to pull it out of me every day. Strobes, you just made another promo. You know that? Uh, that's <laughs> that right there, brother. Another promo. I'm, I'm writing them down. I'm writing down all the mantras. You know, the burning ember, get uncomfortable to be great. Before we had the ice is ice, men is men. I freaking love it, dude. Strobes, I love my time with you on Wednesdays. You know, Barry's at that important meeting today, so we'll, uh, we'll get him later. But Strobes, before I let you go, as I'm inspired right now, I'm going to have a hell of a show after this. Strobes, Easter's on the way. Are you a ham guy? Or are you like, uh, I guess my mom says she's doing prime rib. Are you a prime rib? you a steak? A, you know, beef guy? you going ham? What's the, what's on docket for I Easter? At my house, uh, my fiance Lori and I, we talked about the ham again, which is traditional. But I think this year um, I'm going to listen to her, which is probably the smartest thing to do in this household. And we're going to do some... We're gonna do some steaks this year. Woohoo! Yes, we're, no going, we're going beef. We're hey, going St- beef. Yep. Strobes, uh, I love it. I'm going beef too with the with the madre. And before I let you go, my man, I have been uh, boning up uh, on karaoke. I uh, sang some Doors, Roadhouse Blues, some Neil Diamond, and George Thorogood last Friday uh, karaoke night, buddy. So I am. Uh, if if you ever want, when we open up again, I'm ready for some karaoke. All right. You plan on that. We're going to make that happen for sure. <laughs> See you, Strobes. Much love. Hey, thanks for having me. Always a pleasure. There he is, Mark Strobel, Badger Associate Head Coach. We welcome in our sports director, Zach Heilprin. Good morning, Zach. How are we doing today? Great. What the hell happened to the Big Ten? Underachieved. Yeah. That, I, I, mean, I think we're all searching right? for answers, right? All the advanced analytics, everything, like big, best conference, yada, yada, yada. Is it just simply underachieving? I think it was. I mean, Michigan, obviously, injury-wise, not having Isaiah Liver certainly mattered. Um, Ohio State, Illinois, Purdue, I think, all underachieved. I think Wisconsin may have maxed out. Baylor is a really, really good team. Yeah. Rutgers probably should have made it to the Sweet 16. They kind of choked down the down the stretch. Maryland probably uh, maxed out as well. Like I, I mean, a lot of the teams played better teams. Uh, no, I shouldn't say a lot of teams. A number of teams played teams that were better than them. Um, but for the most part, I think it was a lot of underachieving. I don't, I, I don't think it was overrated. I think it was just underachieving. Gotcha. Okay, so let's, um, you know, as we're all scratching our head, I had a freaking all-Final Four with Big Ten teams. Here I am looking like an idiot, but that's, that's per usual. But, Zach, looking here at Wisconsin basketball, uh, another name now in the transfer portal. I know it's not a big name for Bucky Hoops, but still it's like it makes you scratch your head a little bit as uh, Joe Hedstrom has entered the transfer portal. Uh, the one I wanted to bring up was – I thought Micah Potter was like done playing basketball, like collegially. I think we all were. He's in the transfer portal. Trevor Anderson's in the transfer portal. Zach, what the what's what's happening in Wisconsin right now? Did I miss Micah Potter? I, mean, I, we, I think he meant Nate, Nate Reavers. Reavers. Oh, I'm, I'm, okay. my apologies. I all meant right. Nate Reavers. Thank I was you, like, buddy. I was like, holy crap, did I miss that? No, that's that's um, my bad. Nate Reavers, excuse me. Yeah, I thought Nate Reavers was done too. I think that one caught a lot of people off guard. I think a lot of people expected him to move on, whether it was to go and try and play professionally elsewhere or you know move on with his life uh because this year was horrible right it yeah just, uh, and, and i'm sure in his own mind too like it just wasn't fun and so I, I figured that he would move on but 
you know, perhaps he maybe wants to go home and potentially play for new Minnesota coach Ben Johnson, uh, who recruited him in high school up there. Um, or maybe he's just, you know, looking to have one more year film to, to put out there and see maybe if uh, he can catch on. Because, look, he was a preseason All-Big Ten player. I mean, he was a part of that, that team of ten guys that were named All-Preseason or preseason All-Big Ten, and it just didn't work out. So maybe he wants another shot of the senior year and, and doesn't want to do it at Wisconsin. Maybe just a new, a fresh start somewhere else. But, yeah, that one caught a lot of people off guard. So – he could go back and play at Minnesota for the Golden Gophers, then potentially. He can play wherever he wants. Well, I know that, but that would be kind of yeah. that'd be interesting. That'd be very interesting. It would be interesting, but it would also be you know, um, yeah. I mean, it, it's a possibility. Look, so the new coach then recruited him when he was in high school. Then yes, correct. Yes, he did. He did. Yes, interesting. They, interesting. Minnesota did not recruit him hard. Like Richard Pitino apparently never even like came to watch a game of his uh, in high school. <laughs> he just he like called him on the phone once, but. Ben Johnson, who's the new head coach up there, did uh, go to uh, his high school at least a few times. But, yeah, I mean, it's – I don't know if that's going to happen. I just said it's, it's a possibility. So, you know, I know there's a bunch of names in the transfer portal. And what was it, the Mineral Point product? Was it Isaac uh, Lindsley coming in now from UNLV? Yep. He's a preferred walk-on, correct? Mm-hmm. So with all these comings and well, more goings, I should say, for Wisconsin, uh, is it going to be, are we in for a very, obviously, I mean, what, Tyler Wall is the most experienced player now, and then Jonathan Davis, who's the freshman. Is this going to be some growing pains coming up here, or do you see them, I know it's just looking into a crystal ball and you're not sure, but could they get some you know, transfers into the program? Yeah, you know, Greg Gard uh, talked to multiple outlets, and it wasn't necessarily like he was jumping, you know, Two feet in, but I, I certainly think that they they've been active in the transfer portal in past years. It just hasn't worked out. Like they've, they've tried to get guys come in, and sometimes it just doesn't work out. Um, you know, all, of these four guys that left, you know, only one is creating a scholarship, right? Like Joe Hedstrom is the only one that was on scholarship. Uh, Walt McGorry was not, and the other two were, you know, were, would have been taking advantage of that sixth year that the NCAA gives you. So um, there 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 are scholarships available. Uh, to, to go into the transfer portal and get one. And I think that they're going to try and be active in it. I don't know if they'll get one. But, yeah, I mean, it, they would love, I think, love to have a veteran, whether it's, you know, in the backcourt or in the frontcourt. They need they need just to give them a little bit of, um, like, a leeway when when you have so many young guys in this team. And we still don't know exactly what Brad Davison's going to do. So that would probably be one of your – I mean, I don't think you're going to get a transfer in better than Brad Davison, at least in the backcourt. Like, so you're yeah. – I guess if you – you would hope that he's going to stick around, but in the front court, yeah, you could really definitely use a big guy to to help out uh, Carlson and Crowell and Chris Hodges and Matthew Moores and and the rest of these guys that are that are uh, going to be playing much bigger roles next year. Wow, crazy! Uh, Zach Halpern, a sports director, joining us right now. All right, we'll see what happens, Zach. But right now, something that is happening as we switch gears here to Wisconsin football spring. Practice spring ball, mm-hmm. Zach. How how we uh, excited are we? You're going to be. They're letting in reporters to practice next week. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, they are. They started practice yesterday. They're you know they're going to be practicing three times. But uh, yeah, they're going to you know thankfully going to be allowing you know some media in for practices about half of them. And uh, yeah, I can't wait to get in there. I haven't haven't seen practice since fall of 2019. <laughs> so there's been uh, it's been a while and. Um, it's a, I mean, it's a huge spring for them. There's a lot of, a lot of youth. Uh, I believe Paul Christ is like half of their roster has never taken part in spring ball, whether it's guys that came in, you know, in 20, 
19, but then to get to take part in 2020 uh, spring ball or the guys that came in uh, last year in 2020, this will be their first spring ball. So, yeah, it's a, it's a big spring for them. So, players-wise, what are we watching here in, in spring ball? Like, what uh, what should we, you know, obviously we're going to be following you on Twitter at Zach Halpern and your awesome articles at MadCitySports.com. New website, by the way. Shout-out to Alvaro and JFK. But, uh, Zach, what are we watching in spring ball here? Yeah, I mean, there's, there's plenty to watch. We uh, actually did a spring preview for the camp. Myself and Jesse Temple did, so you can go and listen to that if you want a little bit more. But uh, it's the offense, right? Like, Grant, I mean, the defense returns, not almost intact, but it, there's a lot, a lot of pieces back. So it's going to be the offense, which struggled mightily last year. And it's going to be looking to, to see if Graham Mertz can bounce back and, and, you know, be a little bit more consistent, maybe a little bit closer to the guy we saw the first two games of the season than uh, the last five. But um, young players at, at different positions, running back. they got essentially three running backs right now, Jalen Berger, Isaac Grendo, and uh, Julius Davis in the backfield. Who can step up? I'm, I'm anxious to see Julius Davis perhaps get a few more carries. New running back coach may help that a little bit. We'll see. Um, you know, and then at, at wide receiver, what does Danny Davis and, and Kendrick Pryor look like? But even more so, what do some of the younger guys look like? It's, uh, it's, it's all about spring football is all about young guys that we haven't seen before. That, that's the important – that's where it's important. Yeah, I think Chris said it was like 44 players, I think I want to say, had not participated in it. So, um, yeah. if I remember correctly. A lot of guys. So, yep. Zach, how about uh, coachings, uh, coaching to the coaching staff? Because there is a lot of uh, different job titles with some of the yeah, familiar right. faces. Uh, let's just start from the top, the big dog, uh, Paul Christ. You know, he's taken back the reins, and he was talking about it's not going to be – you know, a worry for him because, you know, Joe Rudolph still holds the title of associate head coach. But what Chris is now trading, what did he the offensive coordinator and the quarterback's coach now? Yeah, so he took, well, he, yeah, I mean, he took, he's not the offensive coordinator. He is the, uh, he's just, he's the head coach, he's the play caller, and he is the quarterback's coach. That's the other. Right? So, uh, Joe, they, they don't have an offensive coordinator right now. Uh, Joe Rudolph. Maybe it's a demotion and title only, but he's just he's now the run game coordinator, run game coordinator, offensive line coach, and associate head coach. Um, but they don't have so they don't have an offensive coordinator right now. Paul Chris going to take a lot of those duties on. It's I mean I, I think everyone was calling for this right like yeah. after last year with, with some of the play calling, um, and I don't think it was all on Joe Rudolph. Certainly a lot of issues uh, injury wise play a role, but. I don't think a lot of people were huge fans of uh, of Joe Rudolph as a play caller, and Paul Chris takes it back over. And Paul Chris has overseen five of, of the eight scoring off highest scoring offenses in school history. Paul Chris has been calling plays for five of them. That's the guy that you want calling plays. That's what he's known for. Um, but he's also going to be the quarterbacks coach because John Budmeyer moved on to Colorado State. They did not replace him. They gave uh, an extra assistant over to Jim Leonard on defense so that. Leonard is now just coaching the safeties and being the defensive coordinator. And Coach Keith's going to be the quarterbacks coach. Mm-hmm. So yeah, Paul Christ has uh, familiar roles, but they're also new. Um, you know, being the, the quarterbacks coach, something he's done throughout his career, and now play caller and head coach. And he apparently, you know, doesn't think it's going to be compromising anything else in his job. It's kind of messed up though, because it, I shouldn't say messed up. It's kind of weird because last year he said he gave up the job because he didn't want to shortchange other places. Yeah, um, and, and now obviously taking that back um maybe uh, he's just it, he didn't think it was shortchanging other places i don't know we'll see all right so zach how about the new guy uh replacing john settle is uh mm-hmm. gary brown gary brown you yeah. know got some big shoes to fill of wisconsin known for their running backs uh gary brown though got a nod of approval from a former badger and dallas cowboy correct yeah so it was uh, kind of weird paul chris said that uh i mean 
everyone was trying to figure out what the connection was with Gary Brown and Paul Chris, because usually with Paul Chris tires, he's worked with them before, or he has, or they were former Badgers. Uh, that was not the case with Gary Brown. It was actually Travis Frederick that reached out, former Cowboys center and former Badger center, reached out and said, you know, here's Gary Brown. He's had a year off, battled cancer last year after not being retained by Mike McCarthy. And, um, you know, here he is. He wants to coach again. And it worked out. I mean, that's, that's, a, that's a pretty significant get for them, yeah. especially late in the process, getting a guy who coached in the NFL for the last, you know, since 2008 and oversaw some, some really good running backs in Ezekiel Elliott and DeMarco Murray and a whole bunch of other guys there at Dallas. So now, we're not going to have the belly shirts coming run. with them. He's not bringing the Ezekiel Elliott belly shirt, is he, to practice? He is not. Okay, he is good. Not. That, was, that was my biggest concern about uh, mm-hmm. Gary Brown. Biggest? That's, that's it. Well, it's that's the, you know, the belly shirt. You know. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to work on my six-pack, you know, so I don't want other guys, you know, it's like making me feel ashamed of my uh, six-pack of beer gut right now, Zach. Zach Halpern, of course. Huh? Have you not? Uh, have you not flashed that in any of your videos? I have not yet. I'm. I'm okay. once. Once they're there, I have like okay. a two pack right now. So once I get the other four, then I'll flash it to you first. I'll get the seal okay, of approval. Okay. Zach Halpern, our sports director, joining us right now. Uh, so Zach, I mean, we're just kind of you know waiting away to see what happens here because uh, Penn State September fourth, Camp Randall. Is it still, uh, to your knowledge, is it still they're shooting for a hundred percent fans at Camp Randall here coming up in September? Yeah, that's that is the belief. Uh, you know, Chris McIntosh has talked about that. The uh, associate athletic director, perhaps future athletic director. Yeah, I want to ask we'll you about see. that too. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean that's that's still the plan, and that's the plan both in the NFL and in, and in college. Yeah, I saw I mean, Roger Goodell it, say that yesterday. You know, it's it's full stadiums, and then we'll see what happens. Um, I know Mark Murphy said it'll depend on. Uh, vaccination and all that type of stuff. And, and that's certainly going to play a role in Madison too. Um, I know that next week, everyone 16 and over is going to be eligible to get the, vac- the vaccine. So that's, that's great. And hopefully we're all moving towards the point where uh, it, it will, I guess not, I'm not going to say not matter, but like it'll be to the point where everyone can start gathering in, in, in large groups. And, and hopefully that's the case because everyone wants to see, you know, Wisconsin will back at Camp Randall, especially with this this home schedule. Right. Uh, so, Zach, real quick, you know, I mean, you, you alluded to it, but, yes, is, is McIntosh the heir apparent for Barry Alvarez, or is that nothing set in stone yet as the Don is set to retire soon here? Yeah, I feel like that is where Barry wants it to go, and I think there's probably some people within, you know, the administration that that's, that's where they want it to go, and maybe even Tommy Thompson, who's the uh, – Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. that. Yeah, so he, he, maybe even he wants to go that way, but it's not going to be any of their calls. Uh, it's going to be up to the chancellor and um, no. Becky Blank. Mm. She's going to make the final call, and uh, I suspect they're going to go through a much more extensive process than they did the last time. Um, well, so I hope they keep it on the public servers open. this time, you know? Yeah, um, right? But <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. I, I, I don't know. I, you know, Chris McIntosh has been back here since, I think, 2015. Uh, he's been... I don't want to say groomed for the job, but it kind of has been. The job may have changed a bit since um, since he was brought back, but we'll see. I don't know. No one really knows. You know what they say, happen. Zach? Nobody More knows. will be revealed. Yes. Becky Blank, will, uh, will, though, will, will probably have, uh, I don't want to say the final say, but she's going to have a very heavy influence on this one. Definitely. And, Zach, before I let you go, we are in the uh, spirited discussion. We all were in agreement uh, about an hour ago. Uh, it was uh, brought on by a, a show later on in the day of P- 
people calling uh, Justin Fields a run-first quarterback. I just mm. wanted to ask, what, Justin Fields, in your opinion, is he a run-first quarterback or a throw-first quarterback? He is a throw-first quarterback with the ability to run. Spot freaking on, Zach. Well done, my friend. Nice to get you back on. I uh, missed you last week. But uh, as more will be revealed, hopefully, you don't, have you heard of anyone else transferring potentially for Wisconsin basketball? Because I don't know if I can handle any more of these. You never know. Oh, you never know. Sounds very okay. ominous. Sounds ominous, yeah. Zach. All right, Zach, All right. we'll follow along at your Twitter account. A new swing is out, uh, Wisconsin football podcast. And uh, we'll check you out all your articles, too, at uh, MadCitySports.com. Thanks, Zach. All right, guys. Thanks. See you, buddy. I'm looking here on my TV. I see the Packers president and CEO. He looks identical to Alfred E. Newman, who is the face of Mad Magazine. Uh, others would say he looks a little like Howdy Doody. Uh, people would probably have their hashtag for him, not my president, as I'm surprised he's not you know, having some uh, snow machines out there cranking out some artificial snow so you get a couple last sled, uh, you know, sleds in here, uh, Titletown Hill. As it's a little well, it colder cold today. enough this morning. And it's a little colder today. I'm surprised he's not, you know, sledding down the hill right now. But nope, he uh, was actually taken to the media yesterday to talk about, you know, some Packer stuff here and there. And Mark Murphy, and we'll dive back into the uh, week 17, you know, the additional game coming up here. But first, Mark Murphy was asked some questions about Aaron Rodgers. A little Q and A was going on yesterday. Now, Nelly, when it comes to Aaron Rodgers, we. Um, we right now are in this weird, and it seems like it's every offseason for the Packers. There's always this soap opera going on. It's always this, you know, as the wheel of cheese turns is what I dubbed it as, as for a, if it were to be titled a soap opera. It's always every year like, well, Rodgers this, Rodgers that's what's going to happen with Aaron Rodgers. Don't do what they did with Brett Favre, yada, yada, yada. Well, Mark Murphy was asked about Aaron Rodgers and that contract because right now, Rowdy, last I checked, I mean, the Packers are doing everything in their power to sign anyone and restructure anyone not named Aaron Rodgers. Hell, they just signed Tyler Lancaster yesterday. Before that, big dog Mercedes Lewis. Um, Aaron Rodgers is the big, obvious contract that would save you anywhere from, what, 14 to $17 million if you were to restructure him. And last I checked... Well, I wonder if that's still the number now. Oh, yeah, that's true. I remember that's what it was always about until, was it uh, two Saturdays ago? Yeah. I think it was, where at... Saturday at 3 p.m., I believe it was, Central Time, that that $6.8 additional million dollars uh, was due to be paid to Aaron Rodgers because of the yes, current contract situation. So yes. I wonder how much if how much or if it changes what that number would be. Because originally, yeah, 14 to 17. But now that that 6.8 has been paid, I wonder if that uh, amount is still the amount. Rowdy, you are spot on. Um, I'll have to get the research department on that. But, but but still, it doesn't it doesn't take away from the fact that Aaron Rodgers and that contract is the biggest elephant in the room, right? Like, what are you going to do with Rodgers and what are you going to, going to do, excuse me, with this contract? Because uh, I think everyone wants to know, even people that aren't Packer fans. Well, Mark Murphy was asked about it yesterday, and uh, here you go. So, Mark Murphy, now... There will be some big J's in here as well that uh, ask questions. So, you know, I'll tell you what the, you know, kind of the question is, but you can hear it from the big J themselves. Uh, right here, Mark Murphy asked on why they haven't done anything with Rodgers' contract yet. No, I, I can't really get into specific players. You know, we've been able to create room uh, with others. Don't you guys want to ensure, though, that he's your quarterback beyond just this season? Yeah, I'm not going to get into the specifics again. Um, 
I saw a listener's tweet last night when when a, when a Big J put out a tweet linking that video with some of the yeah, I'm not gonna get to that the answers that he gave to some of the questions that were asked and our listener Krebs what's up Jordan he tweeted coward coward and one I chuckled and two I'm like you're 100 percent correct and I threw the like yeah on the it. three you favored it or liked it yeah. Be- Coward. Because he didn't even give an answer. Here. He didn't even say anything. Here you go. No, I, I'm, I can't really get into specific players. You know, we've been able to create room uh, with others. Don't you guys want to ensure, though, that he's your quarterback beyond just this season? Yeah, I, I'm not going to get into the specifics again. But if you were to ask can Mark you, Murphy. Can you play what Mark Murphy has said about himself? How he's I don't want to brag about myself, but... <laughs> <laughs> You want the full clip? I want the full clip. Here, let me find it quick. Uh, I just have that one Because I need to hear this clip from Mark Murphy, the guy that publicly said this about himself and then kind of chuckled about it when, one, there was nothing funny about it, <laughs> and two, <laughs> if you are a football guy your whole life and you've been... There you go, I got it. Yeah, play it, please. Rowdy, great minds think alike, by the way, because I was going to go right there to play that uh, and just bag on Mark Murphy. I don't want to... Oh, that's the, that's the short one. Here's the long one. I don't want to brag about myself, but <laughs> um, I've been, all of my adult life, I've been in, involved in football. Well, Mr. Howdy Doody, if you've been around football your whole adult life like you bragged about. He, didn't wanna, he doesn't want to brag about it, Rowdy. Why can't you answer the question whether or not Aaron Rodgers is going to be there in the future or if he's your guy or not? I feel like that's a pretty straightforward yes or no answer. Okay, well, how about this, Rowdy? He was asked again by a journalist. He was asked uh, whether they're not doing anything with Rodgers' contract could result in a repeat of 2008. Most of us on this call, and most importantly you, uh, lived through the summer of 2008. Are you concerned at all that there are some issues brewing between the organization and your quarterback? Yeah, again, I'm not going to get into uh, any individual player, any any issues along those lines. <laughs> Here's the thing. You can come out and say this and make it pretty straightforward and uh, know exactly where the organization is saying or going and saying, yeah, um, we're still going to evaluate the situation, and we hope it's Jordan insane. Love will be the quarterback of the future. Or you can say, no, we are trying to rework Aaron Rodgers' contract, and uh, we're right? just in discussions. All it's you, easy answers. It's an easy answer. You you can still say nothing, but still say something along the lines of put people's minds at ease about Aaron Rodgers. Like, yeah, we're in contract talks right now, or yeah, we're, you know, we're talking about, or yeah, Rodgers is our quarterback of the future. Yeah, this, yeah, that. Instead, he just or, gives this right here, Rowdy. No, I, I can't really get into specific players. That's it. And the thing with Rodgers, it's like, or he could straight up say, well, Aaron Rodgers is under contract for the next three seasons, but we're still evaluating Jordan Love. That's an easy answer it's easy. to give. It's simple. Instead, he you, literally says, nope, no comment. And that does not make me feel good about the future of Aaron Rodgers wearing the green and gold. No, I, I can't really get into specific players. Oh, my God. Well, I bet if you would see it now, if you... Now if, get me if this up. Big J would have, uh, would have, I don't know what he came back with next, but he should have asked about a specific player and their contract <laughs> and see if he commented on it. Hey, just I'm Tyler sure, Lancaster. I'm sure Chucklehead would have said something about Aaron Jones talking about his contract and how they talked about it and worked it. I don't want to brag about myself, 
but. Let's go to the phones quick. Welcome to the show. Who's this? It is Sasquatch Mike. Oh, Sasquatch. What's up, brother? Well, you guys think this is a problem for us Packer fans. Can you imagine being in Chicago right now? Oh, that's the, I mean, it's the best comedy on TV, Sasquatch. It's the best comedy. And, and come on, guys. What, right right what, now, we, for us, for the Packers, though, it's like a soap opera. It's like a drama. Yes, but you know what? This is, this is a problem you'd actually want to have. I mean, you've got one of the greatest quarterbacks to ever put on the helmet in Aaron Rodgers. And you're just we're just worried about... His contract keeping going keeping the greatest quarterback, Mike. Right, right, and and but but again, what the Packers are doing is they're preparing for the future, which there's really no problem. I had an issue with them drafting him last year, Jordan Love, only for the fact that I really felt if they would have gotten a couple of pieces, and I still say this is what haunts them from losing in the championship game this last year. Yeah, and I mean, is, yeah, I mean, they drafted Jordan Love with the first pick. They they could have got the help they needed to to shore up the the roster and they didn't do it. They they decided to draft a running back they really didn't need. Okay, they they drafted they they got a tight end in what the fourth round or something or whatever they got the tight end. At. But they they needed other pieces in the first and second and third round that would have that would have solidified their roster and could have made another free agent move last year going into the season last year. And I really felt then they could have been in the Super Bowl, guys. And this is where I'm still PO'd about the whole thing. <laughs> but, but, again, nothing wrong with, with, with uh, looking at the future. Uh, in your, because like God knows in Chicago, they don't look at that. Uh, you got that, that Bozo the Clown, uh, Ryan Payton, <laughs> who, uh, who has to fix everything on the run because he's running for his life right now because he's afraid he only might have one more year before they finally fire him. And then it'll be interesting to see who the next – uh, successor in the clownage will be, uh, you know, <laughs> predecessing, uh, you know, Mr. Ryan Pace. But yeah. I got I to tell you guys something. And I uh, look, I don't mean to talk conspiracy real quick, but I got to say something that's on my mind. And th- this stuff is just bloody scary uh, because it's blatant. There's no conspiracy about it. Are you guys aware of these Nike shoes with the <laughs> with the pentagram and all that? Yeah, with the human blood in it. Yeah, with little Nas X. Well, don't you think, okay, listen, I was raised Catholic and I'm a non-denominational Christian. Yeah. You don't have to be a real deep-hearted Christian to understand the Bible and Satan and the devil and how it all works, but that's pretty blatantly evil that they would put a five-star pentagram on the laces on the top and then have Luke 10:18, which I'll just read the verse, it's very short. He replied, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. That's, that's what 10:18 is. That's inscribed on the sole of the shoe. Okay, that's when I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. That's when Satan was put into power to take principality over the entire earth. So yeah. they're basically boasting this, and the whole thing is demonic. They have the guy in the advertisement with Satan. Or with, yeah, uh, he's giving serpent. him a lap dance. Yeah, and, they, and he's doing a certain uh, serpentine. Now, is it also ironic that Nike admits that they're only going to sell... Well, Nike, Nike's now suing them. Nike's suing them for... Uh... I forget the exact verbiage, but Nike is suing the company and the little Nas X. I think. I, I hear that, and the, but 666 pairs were to be sold. Yeah, the mark of the beast. Six six six. Is there any? Is that is that a, a numerological mistake, or is that a? Why would you pick 666? That's the mark pairs? of the beast, Sasquatch. It is, guys. I'm telling you, it's blatantly evil. And when you look at the, uh, you know, I'm not going to say names, but there's certain players that have tattoos in professional sports that have demonic uh, symbol, symbol, symbolism, symbolism in it. Sure, and stuff. sure, so, sure. You know, It's 
just kind of where I'm going, guys, with it. Well, Mike, they sold out in like less than a minute, man. So we're we're all doomed, anyways, right? So you know, uh, make uh, make yeah. a, make a buck on our way out, you know. Uh, real real quick, guys, because I joined the conversation uh, in a nutshell in 30 seconds. What what is going on up there in in Green Bay? Because I didn't hear any of this. I was just on hold. Well, Mike, how about this? I'll toss you back on hold, and we'll talk about it. Okay, sounds good. All right, sounds good, buddy. Yeah, little Nas X. All right, so back to Mark Murphy, who I feel, to your point, Rowdy, and Mike, who has just heard about this, he said, well, it happened yesterday uh, afternoon, uh, later afternoon. Mark Murphy was taking the Q&A, and he was talking about um, the new deal coming out with the 17-game regular season, and then he was asked about you know fans coming back in the Lambeau, but then most specifically what I wanted to talk about was uh, Aaron Rodgers, and he was asked about the Rodgers contract. So again, I'm going to play the clip, and here you go. No, I, I can't really get into specific players. Yeah, you know, we've been able to create room uh, with others. Don't you guys want to ensure, though, that he's your quarterback beyond right here, this, this, this season? Yeah, I, I'm not going to get into the specifics again. That right there, the follow-up from that journalist. He's your quarterback beyond just this season? Yeah, I, I'm not going to get into the specifics again. Rowdy, yeah. all you got to say is we uh, Rodgers is our quarterback of the future. He is under contract. And you don't really got to say much, if not anything, but to say again. Yeah, I, I'm not going to get into the specifics again. That does not that does not make me feel comfortable about the future of Aaron Rodgers wearing a Green Bay Packers uniform. It really doesn't. It really shows that it it sounds show. It sounds like they're going to go to Jordan Love. It shows and sounds here. like that they're just holding out, waiting to see what they can do with Jordan Love. It's concerning, right? I mean, Sasquatch Mike, who just called in, he said one of the greatest, if not the greatest quarterback to ever put on a helmet with that G on it, or just in general. And here we are talking about a guy named Jordan Love, who the Packers traded up to get, who many don't know what he even looks like because there was no preseason last year. Sounds and feels like Gutekunst and Matt LaFleur are putting the eggs in the Love basket and taking them out of the Rodgers basket. Doesn't it feel like that? Yeah, or at least... uh not making a decision in what basket they want to put it in. Listen, Mark Murphy could have come out to your point, Rowdy, and said the generic, you know, Rodgers is our quarterback of the future. He's under contract, yada yada. I would have felt I would have felt much better about him saying that than what he said. I mean, it was my exact answer would have been I mean, just asking the question to me right now for the first time, hearing the guy ask the question. Aaron Rodgers is our quarterback. He's under contract for the next three years. And Jordan Love is also on our roster, and we'll be evaluating him. That's a pretty easy comment to say. And it's not saying you're going one way or the other. So there you go. Well, I mean, we'll talk more about it. I, 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 no hope, that I hope that answered your question, Sasquatch, uh, as he is uh, sitting on hold, you know, checking it all out. I don't talk about specific players. But, hey, did you see we signed Aaron Jones? Yeah. Oh, yeah. We got just Tyler Lancaster just came back, by the way. How about that one? Oh, also, big dog Mercedes Lewis. Yeah. So they will talk about their own guys under contract. But last time I checked, Rowdy, I'm pretty sure Aaron Rodgers is still under contract, is he not? He is. Huh. No, I don't want to talk about that. But you know what Murphy will tell you? He will tell you this right here. I don't want to brag about myself, but <laughs> um, I've been, all of my adult life, I've been involved in football. I'll talk some Packers coming up here. I want to talk uh, first, though, before the Packers. Well, this does affect the Packers. In fact, it affects every team in the NFL. 
NFL. Despite a lot of people not wanting to do it when it comes to the big money makers, like Aaron Rodgers voted against it. I saw Adrian Amos tweeting out. He's like, I can't believe we did this. A lot of people, the the guys that have been longer in the tooth in the NFL and have been able to make more money in the NFL, not a big fan of it. But the NFL owners met yesterday and approved a 17-game schedule starting this year, this season. The AFC and NFC are going to alternate yearly on which conference gets nine home games and eight away games. AFC is up. So the Packers are going to Arrowhead to take on the Kansas City Chiefs in this additional game. This is pretty wild for the Packers. They now, let's see here, with the addition of the Chiefs, the Packers will have 10 games against playoff teams. That includes two against the Chicago Bears, so take that with what you will. But, Rowdy, you said earlier today uh, you were not a fan of 17 games in the NFL. I uh, am a fan just because I like more football. Tell me why you are not a fan of more football. Well, first off, it goes back to, well, there's a few different reasons why. But one, I'm you've said it before. I'm a big like stats and yeah. everything like that. So now it throws off adding another game into a season. I know they originally were at 14 way back in the day and then changed it to 1978 was the last time yeah. they changed. But it has been at 16 games for, what, 50 years yeah. or so? Yeah. I mean, it's it's been around for a long time, 40, 50 years. Yeah, 1978 was last was when they expanded. Now, obviously, you're changing it, but also at the same time, what has come out since since then, since 1978, that obviously playing more, the more head injuries, the player more, safety, yeah, CTE. player safety, CTE, that's one, been a big thing. So now you're adding another game of turn up the energy all the way to 100. Yeah, for a league that says it's all about player safety and we want to like make sure that people's brains aren't splattered into mush, well, and, here they are adding another game. And now you're adding another game while you've been in the last, what, five to ten years with the collective bargaining, different agreements. You've also been ramping down the the practices and like the workouts and yeah. stuff like that, which some say it's led to more soft tissue injuries. Some say that it's allowing better health for players who knows, but now you're taking away another preseason game and you didn't even play a preseason last year. And I know injuries were up. Yeah. Big time. So, I mean, that's another thing. And I mean, I've been all over the board with different sports. Like I agreed with the uh, major league baseball owners when it came to starting up last season mm -hmm. for baseball, but I'm on the player side on this one. I think the 17 games, and then one, it's like well, Rogers at, voted against it. Rogers didn't want exactly. It. Look at uh, look at how this affects the Packers the upcoming season. You just mentioned how they play all these playoff teams this year. Ten. They drew. They drew the Chiefs. The Chiefs. The team that was everyone's favorite to win the Super Bowl, and then obviously finished I mean, runner Patrick, up. Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, they lost to Tom Brady. Yeah. You draw the Chiefs. I remember. I don't remember exactly what the rest of the division drew, but I think one of them plays the Chargers. One of them plays. Yeah, I have it. I'll find uh, it the here. Denver Broncos, and I can't remember who the other team in the division you plays. You mean to read it off for you? Uh, the Bears. <coughs> excuse me. The Bears will play the Raiders. The okay. Vikings will play the Chargers. The Lions will play the Broncos. That's just the like MC what one. a freaking draw for the Packers, yeah, the right? Chiefs. Because obviously they're going to want. It's an extra week. They're going to want to put premier matchups on there. It's obviously the Packers, the Chiefs, Rodgers, <laughs> Mahomes. While the other three teams get to the Raiders, the Chargers, the Broncos play lower level teams that weren't even yeah. playoff contenders. Packers have 10, 10 playoff teams now. Two of the Bears. Let's listen. There's Andy Dalton's fronting that one. But to your point, Rowdy, I think this more benefits the 
What's the average NFL career? Three and a half years, in between three and four years, three and a half years. This benefits a little more of the guys that are in the league for a blink of an eye and leave because they do get a little more of the revenue share. But if you're the guys like Aaron Rodgers, the guys that are mainstays in the NFL, you're already rich. You're already a millionaire and you know got tons sitting in the bank. So you're like, why do I got to put my body through the grind of another game, more preparation? Uh, this, if anything, to me, I think it benefits the guys who are a blink in the eye in the NFL. Yeah, like we'll get a little more money. Remember when they were talking about the CBAs not too long ago? Yeah, and they were talking about how adding—I don't remember exactly what the thing was, but it was like adding these uh, certain or taking so, away a, uh, a. I have the list here. Of what they get? Do you want me to read it off to you? Yeah, wasn't it like the an extra hundred and some thousand dollars for like a league minimum? Yeah, like the, the lower level guys get more money. So as a part of the new pack, the player's share of revenue is set to rise from 47% to 48%, and eventually it will reach as much as 48.5% when the 17th game is instituted, which is coming up. So that figure could also escalate to 48.8% if the television revenue grows by more than 120%. It's essentially you're paying the lower level guys a little bit more money. Because yeah, the, th- the, the guys, the Aaron Rodgers is rich. Like, he already has the money. Yeah, think of what I saw. It was like roughly league minimum was going to come up like a hundred-ish grand or a, something like that. And they also changed around um, the marijuana uh, stipulations in the NFL, which I'm a fan of. What do you want? Big pharma pumping your players, your country, your people full of pills? Or do you want something that comes naturally from the ground that's non-addictive? We just heard a, a story last week, Brett Favre talking more about it, how he was getting on Vicodin and he wanted to kill himself of how it was bad going through withdrawals. Marijuana is non-habit forming. You can have Calvin Johnson, Megatron was talking about how he would, that's how what he would use instead of getting all addicted to Vicodin and all these painkillers, which just big pharma just lives off of. They poison our country with it. So I like the fact that they give themselves a little more leeway when it comes to, you know, marijuana, uh, which is helps and eases pain yeah, or CBD, stuff like that. Um, I think CBD is legal, though. But the Roger Goodell said, we are pleased that the players have voted to ratify the proposed new CBA, which will provide substantial benefits to current and retired players, increase jobs, ensure continued progress on player safety, and give our fans more and better football. I'm a fan of more football. I Like, I'm not playing it. I'm watching it. And I like that I get to watch more football. You're still going to watch the 17th game, right? Yeah, you're still going to watch the 17th game. But here's the thing. A lot of people still watch preseason, especially Packer fans. They yeah. pack the preseason. And they're taking away a preseason game, right? Yeah, and they're, so they're basically trading out a preseason game for an additional regular season But game. not putting in an extra buy, which a lot of the players wanted. An extra buy. So the player safety is such a huge issue, right? Yet they add more games, but don't add more another bye week. All right, so Rowdy, you have uh, looking at Mark Murphy and the Packers here. It's 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 it boggles the mind whenever you hear people like defend Mark. Listen, I get it. Mark Murphy's main job is to bring in revenue and money to the Green Bay Packers, which he is doing. He does that. Titletown District, you know, the Packers they get the the flow, the greenage coming in. Here's what I don't understand about Mark Murphy though. He is that triangle of power that he has. He has uh, Brian Gutekunst, Russ Ball, and then on the flip side, Matt LaFleur, meet with him to kind of talk over everything. Why is Mark Murphy meddling in all this stuff? Isn't his? And I always hear people say, well, his job is to make money. Well, yeah, he's doing that. He is making money. But why is he meddling in everything else? Why, like, why is he out here? Do, do you ever think about that, or is that just me? Like, I can't stand the guy. I can't yeah. stand him. Yeah, you don't know exactly why he would be doing that type of interview 
where you have journalists asking him those type of questions. Mm. Because what you think that it would be Brian Gutekunst. He's, yes. He is the main GM, the guy that is is supposed to be the brains behind everything that has to do with player personnel. Yes, 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 yes. But right. he's doing the interview. He's in the, what was it, a Zoom call? Yeah, it was a or Zoom, a it was a Zoom call. Skype call or whatever they have them these there's, days. They're, they're Zooming now. Skype's still 2018, dude. They're Zooming now. By the way, Zoom stock, ever since the pandemic hit, is just like through the roof. I don't know if you've seen that. Zoom stock was uh, just crushing. wonder crushy. why. <laughs> Everyone's using it. Uh, hell, I had to do a Zoom conference yesterday. It's electric. Psych. All right, Rowdy, but speaking of... but the So I said that, number one, why is it not Brian Gutekunst that's doing all these calls? I don't know if this is like a special one for Mark Murphy. Well, he was talking about the new CB or the new deal, and I'll play more comments. But how he structured this, remember his little triangle? Yeah. Where it's, it's going to be... Gutekunst, Ball, him, and then a little bit of uh, LaFleur, I guess, would probably be peppered in there a little bit. But mm-hmm. the triangle is him, uh, Gutekunst, and Ball. So he's obviously in on these talks. He knows what they're thinking, or at least has ideas. Yep. He could at least put out some type of a comment. Like, he's he's in the room. I mean, he has a meet with him. He's in the room. He's, he's like, he signs off on everything. Like, that's that's his little triangle of power that he's got going on. All right, so what else you was talking about is they've just approved 17 games in the NFL, right? Yeah. I just think it would be oh, kind of funny, but kind of interesting at the same time as if Aaron Rodgers came out publicly and just said, I want the Green Bay Packers to trade me. God. To to basically to, to see, their, could, see what their hand is. Could you imagine? Could you imagine? Like, even if he didn't mean it, come out and say it just to see it. what they would it. do. It's like, all right. We haven't talked about an extension. They haven't come forward, and we trade me. I want a, more pieces. I want you know insert this name and that name signed, trade me. and maybe we should go after this position in the draft, or I want to be traded. If he says that publicly, <laughs> what would uh, Mark Murphy or Gutekunst come out and say then? <laughs> Balls in your court, Russ Ball. <laughs> kind of. All right, Mark Murphy. So Mark, what else he was talking about yesterday is, you know, the 17-game regular season now uh, is going to be in full effect coming up here in the NFL. The Packers drew the freaking Kansas City Chiefs. They now play 10 playoff teams in the schedule. I mean, the Bears are twice. So, I mean, take that with a grain of salt. When you say playoff in the Bears and Andy Dalton being their quarterback, you chuckle. Uh, the preseason will be shortened from four games to three with the fourth week serving as a bye. Active game day rosters will expand from 46 to 48 players, while overall rosters will grow from 53 to 55. Practice squads will expand from 10 to 12 players. The maximum length of padded full-speed practices will be reduced from three hours to two and a half hours. A new neutral, quote-unquote, discipline officer will rule on punishments for violations of the player conduct policy. Appeals, however, will go to Roger Goodell, who has the final say. How would you like to be the discipline officer? A leather daddy. And then the drug policy will reduce the testing window for THC from four months to two weeks at the start of training camp. Players cannot be suspended strictly for testing positive for THC. And uh, the limit of nanograms of carboxy-THC per milliliter increases from 35 to 115. So if you are smoking the sweet, stinky devil's lettuce, I guess there's a bigger threshold. Mm, Delicious. All right, Rowdy. Mark Murphy, though. Here's the one thing. There's going to be now mandating international games for every uh, team. Did you see that? 
And the yeah, Packers are one of the... they've been saying it forever, though, that the Packers at some point have to go overseas, but that some point has still never yeah, come. Yeah, they keep saying it's no. Like, I've seen Jacksonville fly over to London about half a dozen times, but I still haven't well, seen the Packers Well, it's because their owner, their owner is over there. Um, uh, Khan, is that his name? I forget his name. I think it's Khan. And not Wrath of Khan. That's Star Trek. That's saved, we saved that for a guy, Charlie. But here, you know, Murphy talking about um, under the new deal requiring teams to play uh, internationally every eight years. We have been very clear that we were not going to give up a home game. Our home games relative to uh, other markets just have such a big impact. That never made sense for us, but obviously under this proposal, which was approved, we will, will uh, be required. So the Packers, believe it or not, are the only team, I think, yeah, they're the only team who have not, yeah, the only team in the league who have not played an international game yet. Uh, We also voted on a proposal, I think they called it the International Series Games Inventory, Uh, basically would require every team once every eight years to play an international game, Uh, and it would be done by division, so in any any given year, uh, all four division teams would play the international game in the same year. Well, let's just have the Packers go to Mexico. Or I mean, they played in. Remember when they played in Canada in the preseason, and it was a, a, a travesty. You mean when they attempted to play in Canada, where there was a hole in the field, and it was only eighty yards long, <laughs> and it wasn't even as wide as the normal yeah. uh, standard NFL field. There were holes in it. It was. You had Brian Gutekunst and Mark the, Murphy standing around the hole. And wasn't it, it John Gruden? Yeah, they were putting their foot in They're it. They're putting their foot in the hole. Like, well, what are they going to do about this? Like, uh, just shorten the field. Uh, another one more on mandatory overseas game. Uh, Mark Murphy says that's a good thing. I think when you step back and you look at it for the good of the league, you know, I think being able to grow the game internationally uh, really is going to benefit the league long term. And the fact that you know you still have eight home games is, it uh, is a positive. Is it? Is it? Is it beneficial? I actually thought about this quite a bit. Is it? For the, for the league and getting money, sure. For the players. Sorry, Roddy, what did you say? No, I thought about this quite a bit yesterday when I kind of heard the same take about how it's beneficial to the league and they're growing it worldwide and is doing it? all this other stuff. But it, it, it completely affects the players playing and the organizations that have to play in those said games when they're going overseas. Yeah. And it's changing, you know. Time zones. Time zones. It's... It, Sleeps exact practice schedules, mm-hmm. and we talk about how these people or these uh, players and these coaches and everyone are are creatures of habits. I don't think any and of them likes it. I I don't really think anyone does either. It might be like a one time thing where like a a certain player or team does it one time, and they're like, oh yeah, it was an experience. But then when you continue to do it, you're like, oh, this is kind of annoying. Mm-hmm. Obviously, if you want to grow it worldwide, you have some of the NFL teams right now in the biggest cities in the United States, right? Mm -hmm. Obviously green Bay is the smallest, but majority of them are huge, large cities. Yeah. Yes. If if you really wanted to expand it, you go hardcore over Europe and you really go all out. You have like, remember how, well, weren't they talking about adding a team in Europe anyways, like down the road? Yeah. But that one team, it just doesn't make sense. I feel like there'd be a lot of headaches. Remember when they tried to uh, do NFL Europe, Europe? Yeah. And it was like all those low level, lower level players, and it, it kind of yep. worked, but then they didn't have the funding. Yeah, I remember. It was almost like if they really threw all their chips in the middle and broadened it to even European players, because they're starting to play football more. You know, what you got in, a buddy that plays over. Yeah, in, I had a friend uh, actually playing Sweden for a Sweden. couple of years. Yeah, 
but they're actually starting to play it where they're grabbing some of these college football players that don't make it in the yeah. NFL, Canadian League, yeah. the XFL. They go, yeah. And I don't think they make a lot of money, but they still play in the yeah, sport. Yeah, but these countries the country. like Sweden are actually starting to play American football at the high school level and at club levels. Mm-hmm. I think you go all in if you really want to expand it. And kind of like uh, in the NFL, how it started out as the NFL and the AFL. Yeah. You have your 32 NFL teams. You start to expand into a NFL Europe where you have your Barcelona's, what was it, Frankfurt, if I remember correctly, uh, yeah. Netherlands. Um, you have all those. I have the old cards somewhere. But, but they don't play against the American teams. What they do is they play against each other. Where did that? With the World League? And then at the end of the year after you know, you have your European championship and you have your Super Bowl championship. Now this would be years down the road. You play like your world championship. Where <laughs> that the would American be American team plays. The okay. European I can get behind that. Now you could still, obviously you're still going to recruit players from the United States, yeah. but it brings in more of the, uh, full European. I don't know. I was just brainstorming stuff. Hey, you're giving Roger Goodell ideas there. I was <laughs>